This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 15, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. Twenty years ago, communism fell in Eastern Europe, but the societies that lived under the totalitarian system, even propping it up, never fully condemned it morally. Vladimir Bukovsky, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, believes that there is a profound need for Russia to acknowledge the criminal nature of its communist past. We spoke yesterday. Well, I think the biggest tragedy of of that part of the world, if not the whole world, is that we never finished this uh, uh, job of dismantling the system there. It was just bankrupted, but it was never dismantled, never condemned for what it was. There was no moral judgment passed on it. So unfortunately, it didn't finish off this uh, illusion, this uh, utopia. And in a few years, the same the same illusions recovered again. You suddenly have people who would tell you that under communists, uh, well, at least people would have bread, which was totally wrong. I remember very well that you wouldn't have bread, that you would have to stand in line for days to get bread. But, you know, this kind of false memory, it was secure. Why it was? It wasn't secure. It was secure to die of hunger. (laughs) And yet this aberration came because we never... Uh, achieved one important thing, a moral condemnation of the whole regime, of the whole set of values there. And that had its repercussions in the whole world. In the former communist countries, it really holds back the development. We could have done much better. We could have been advanced toward democracy and market economy much better if we finished off it conclusively. Uh, in the in the West, it didn't uh, give people any any lesson of history, you know. So they still go uh, go go forward with all sorts of illusions, all sorts of utopias, you name it. I mean, European Union. I mean, smoking prohibition is another utopia. They don't understand it. They, they achieve opposite results as all utopians usually achieve. But they continue to, to harass people for no good reason. Why? Because they didn't understand that utopias are futile. Utopias never work. Utopias can only bring suffering, punishment, gulags, but it will never achieve what it's to, to, what is set to be achieving, you know. Usually the opposite. Given that failure to condemn morally communism uh, within uh, the countries that lived under it, how has that affected the makeup of the current regime in Russia? Well, in, in after several years, when people hesitantly tried to introduce some reforms in politics as well as in the economic sphere, uh, after these few years, things start coming backwards. You know, it's the, the part of former communist nomenclature, the worst part of it, the KGB, the security apparatus, actually took over. And from the year 2000, they're practically controlling the whole country, all spheres of life. It includes business, it includes politics, it includes public life, it includes cultural field, anything you name they control everything now again, and they do exactly what they know how to do: they, to to control, to you know, to force people to do what they believe should be done. You know, it's just back to the USSR, except they cannot go all the way for some technical reasons. Technical reasons, the development in the world would not allow them to go back to Stalin time. 
For example, you can't close down the country now. Informationally, you can't isolate the country. And without a complete isolation, you can't re restore the system, you know. So there are some limitations to how far they can go in this process of restoration, but nevertheless, they do go that direction as much as they can. And we once again have uh, such features of Soviet life as political persecution, censorship, you know. It's all back for no good reason, even political murders. You've advocated Nuremberg-style trials to pass moral judgment on what you say are the crimes of communism. The political powers in the post-Soviet Russia have said they're not going to do that. But short of that, what else could be done to, in some sense, bury communism? I'm afraid unless you go to the depths of it and to disclose all its dark, dark murky secrets and to make them public, there is nothing else. The idea is to force the people to face their own past to understand that they were as much a part of that oppressive system as anyone else. It's not a question of apportioning blame. Okay, this guy was executing people, this guy was denouncing them. I mean, they're equally bad. <laughs> so the question is for everyone to understand that we all contributed horribly to that system and that uh, we have to go back mentally and to correct ourselves in where we strayed away from, from uh, straight and narrow, as they say, where we start making mistakes. And, and that's what I hoped for, that uh, the collapse of communism would generate this kind of a debate in the whole world, because we're all in it. We all have to find our mistakes and correct them, and then try to, be, to live a better life, not to allowing the same horror to repeat again. So that, that was kind of my perception of what we were doing. But unfortunately, that wasn't granted to us, so we couldn't do that. What I'm trying to do now, I believe, is very important, nevertheless, even without the trial as such, to bring these memories back time and again, to collect whatever evidence is still uh, around, because it disappears as time goes. People die, witnesses, you know, uh, it disappears. So you, you have to collect it and you have to present it to the humanity time and again for them to look into it and to understand how many mistakes we do make ourselves. All right, we cannot every time correct governments or whatever, but at least in, in our own place, we should correct ourselves and do things uh, with the view of how horrible things might be. You know, that, that's probably the, the minimal thing we all can do. One of the challenges that any totalitarian regime ends up facing is having history actually destroyed how strong is the effort today to get a lot of that history uh, revealed, uh, recovered to the people? How strong is that effort? Well, the effort on the part of authorities is opposite. They're trying to completely falsify history. Now, with KGB firmly in power, they've uh, first introduced a law, criminalizing what they call falsification of history of the uh, Soviet Union during World War II. That means that they don't want people to talk about Stalin's crimes during World War II, his treaty with Hitler, you know, how they together started World War II. We are not supposed to say that anymore. It's crime to say that. Uh, apart from that, uh, they constituted a special commission under the president of Russian Federation, a commission uh, to combat falsifications of history. And that commission consists most exclusively from former KGB people or active 
KGB people. And they will be kind of forging out official history from which no one is supposed to deviate. Uh, that is, that's even worse than, uh, than we had it before. I mean, at least there were some some sorts of arguments in his, historical circles. Before now, it would be a criminal offense to deviate from anything they, this commission decided. And in, in the media, and most media is controlled by Kremlin now, in the media they say outrageous things now. They, they completely revise history. Even what, what was already admitted at the end of the Soviet period, officially admitted. Now they deny that there were secret protocols to mold the Ribbentrop Pact. That was admitted by Gorbachev. They were published. Now they deny that it was a Soviet uh, decision to execute Polish officers in Katyn. Uh, under Gorbachev it was admitted. It was published. We all have the copies of the decision of Politburo, how it was done under Stalin. But nevertheless, they would go and straightforwardly deny it now. Uh, and many other things. The, the history textbooks, they've completely rewritten them now. And Stalin is defined in the history books for schools as a wise manager. Wise manager, that's a term for him. It's a guy who managed to kill 40 million people, for Christ's sake. I mean, twice as much as Hitler managed kill, to kill. So it, it is very bad. Of course, you should keep in mind that this kind of a brainwashing never works. We all lived under this kind of a thing when they try to brain to wash your brains for 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. And as a result, we would have a, a negative reaction to that. I remember in my generation, we all lived with this kind of indoctrination. It never worked. Uh, and my hope is that it wouldn't work again because young kids, they usually react very kind of strongly to the falsehood. One thing when you're a kid is important for you is truth. And therefore, once you feel its falsification, you become vehemently against it. So I would imagine, as usual, they would achieve the opposite. There will be a generation growing, hating them for, what, for all the lies they say. Vladimir Bukovsky is an author and former Soviet political dissident. He is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can watch or listen to the forum featuring Bukovsky at Cato.org.